0: Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. Now, I know there are technically six more weeks of summer, but for those of you who are teachers or have school-aged kids, summer might already feel a little over, right? Our attention has now shifted to the fall and everything that comes with it. And I don't know about you, but, but for me, even more so than New Year's Eve, the, the beginning of a school year, it causes me to reflect to kind of evaluate, set up new schedules, rhythms, intentions that I want to take with me for the coming year. Even at church, our programmatic year is starting back up. August 28th, many of our ministries will come back to life. Our choir will be singing. We're going to start a brand new sermon series on the book of the judges. It's all exciting. And, and it can also be a little daunting too right? A little overwhelming stepping into a new season. And so I thought with these two weeks we've got in between, we could seek some words of wisdom to help us get started on the right foot. In our Bible, there's this book called the Proverbs, which is full of short sayings from the ancient wisdom teachers. And one of my favorite things that they do is they will use images and examples from the outside and physical world to help get at inside and, and spiritual life lessons. So, as Julius said, for the next two weeks, we're going to dig into two of these examples, two of these characters, the slug and the ant. This week, we're going to look at the way of the slug. And next week, the way of the ant, all in the hopes that we might tap into some ancient wisdom and set some life-giving intentions as we we jump into this new season ahead. But before we talk about the slug, I want to paint a picture for you. Imagine with me, you're in your car, downtown Geneva, driving west on 38 you cross the Fox River, you begin to drive through town. Can you picture the cute shops, the pubs, the little hardware store? As you continue to drive, things begin to space out a little bit more. There's some lovely homes, uh, a new development coming up, some grocery stores. And then you cross Randall Road and the scenery starts to change. Little by little, the storefronts are replaced with silos, the, the pubs replaced with barns. There's rows and rows of corn on your right, right, just waves of green and gold. On your left, there are deeper, kind of darker lines painted into the ground, soybeans as far as you can see. It's a beautiful summer day. So you keep driving, still on 38. You, you drive through Elburn. Now you're almost completely surrounded by farmland, and you roll down your window, you smell the crisp, clean air, and as you approach Maple Park, you drive through a vineyard even. All right. Have you been there? Can you, can you picture it? There are rolling hills. Trellises holding up the grapevines. The symmetry of it all makes you take a second look like the corn and the soybean. There's just something about the vineyard that makes you want to pull over and take a picture. And while the the natural beauty of it all is, is obvious, we also know that a lot of work goes into those fields. Right, a lot of attention and care into their vines. They don't just grow that way on their own. Planting, pruning, watering, weeding. is a nonstop cycle of, of caring and tending. In the end, we have a stunning vineyard. Some really good wine. Can you picture it? Today's proverb, it paints its own picture for us. Also of a vineyard. But this vineyard's not doing so well. All right? It's not, it's not as pretty of a picture. So let's read it. From Proverbs 24, 30 to 34. I went past the field of a sluggard, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds, and the stone wall was in ruins. So I applied my heart to what I observed, and I learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief. Scarcity like an armed man. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So can you picture this vineyard? Can you picture those fields, the thorns and weeds, climbing the trellis, overtaking the vines, filling the cracks in the sidewalk and the stacked stone wall that had been there longer than the vines themselves? it's starting to fall down, right? It, it looks like the ruins of what once was a thriving farm. While we don't know what has contributed to this vineyard's collapse, we do know that it didn't happen overnight, right? You don't end up with a vineyard engulfed in, in weeds and a stone wall falling down, overnight. It's a result of years and years of slow and steady neglect. You see this this field, this vineyard, it belongs to a sluggard. Or some translations they just cut right to the point and say that this vineyard, this field, it belongs to a lazy person. Now, a sluggard, a slug, is a stock character throughout the Proverbs, right? It is, it is one step beyond someone who just has momentary, like, moments of, of moving slowly to someone who has shifted their disposition to laziness, someone who has a, a track record of taking the easy way out, and this sluggard has let his vineyard fall apart, this vineyard supposed to be a source of juice and wine for the entire community, a source of income for his family. And now everybody's stuck drinking well water. Right? Because someone hasn't taken care of their stuff. Now, as I clued you in, and as I'm sure you're already picking up, this proverb isn't about the vineyard. Right? It's not about farming practices. Of course. If any of us let our house or our car go completely unmaintained, it would slowly break down. It would fall apart. But the wisdom teachers, they are far more concerned with the condition of our soul, with the condition of our, our life situation. The vineyard in ruins is a symbol or a symptom of a life in ruins. Right? The neglected vines are the byproduct of a neglected self. And it didn't happen overnight. The farmer didn't plant weeds among the vines. The stone wall wasn't kicked over or knocked down. It fell down. The threat wasn't external. The threat wasn't on the outside looking in. The threat was Inside, And all the sluggard had to do to cause such irreparable harm was nothing. As we read, uh, just a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. It's just a a little neglect here a a little lack of maintenance there and before you know it the whole thing is falling apart and the sad part is the one who fell asleep and slowly let things go it might actually feel like like all this happened overnight like something had been stolen from them like the proverb says that poverty and scarcity might have come like a thief but the wise and discerning eye knows that it was a long time a-coming. The wisdom teachers, they beg us to consider what critical areas in our life might be experiencing slow and and steady neglect. They beg us to consider what areas in our life uh, maybe we've begun to fall asleep. Not blown up, Right? Not severed, not pulled out of the ground and cast aside, just just overlooked, just left unnoticed a, a little at a time because all it takes for a critical area in our life to, to begin to fall apart is, is us doing nothing. It doesn't take an explosive fight or a civil war to put a marriage in jeopardy. Often, all it takes is nothing. Uh, A couple less affirming words, uh, a couple less selfless acts, a little less affection, a little less intimacy, a little less time together. It's, It's not a domestic dispute, just a little less followed by a little less that ultimately can lull us to sleep. Only one day to to wake up to the reality that the love and, and friendship isn't quite there in the same way. It might feel like it happened all of a sudden, but it, it didn't. Right? It was it was years and years of a little less, followed by a little less. The same can be true of any of our relationships. Right? Our relationships with our kids, our parents, our friends, our co-workers. It's, it's how you end up with a kid in high school and you, you barely know them. Right? Weeks, months go by without a meaningful conversation. How'd this happen all of a sudden? The same can take place inside each one of us. Right? We don't simply wake up one morning bitter and, and resentful. It, it comes from years and years of letting... Little wounds fester. Years of not doing the hard work of forgiveness. It's it's a slow and steady result of always casting ourselves as, as the victim, right? Chronically complaining, one I do all the time. Talking to myself while driving, right? Over and over how they were in the wrong. I was in the right. It might feel like your joy was stolen, all of a sudden, overnight, but it's, it's a slow and steady poison we've been drinking. Our joy's been falling into ruins for a while now. Once again, in the same way, it doesn't take a renunciation of God, an adoption of atheism, or an excommunication to cause our spiritual life to, to wither. All it takes is, is just a little bit of nothing, right? A little less followed by a little less spiritual atrophy. It, it sneaks up on us. It might start with just not wanting to get out of bed on a Sunday morning or, or replacing Christian community with something else over COVID. It might start with genuine cynicism towards organized religion, or feelings of inadequacy, or just disinterest. The thing is, before you know it, you're you're no longer talking to your kids about faith. You're no longer feeling spiritually centered or grounded. It's like that feeling of, of energy, spirit, inspiration that once kept you going, that you once felt tapped into, sort of faded. You're simply running on the fumes of a faith that it's kind of fallen asleep. Slowly you find yourself less generous, less gracious, less grateful for the life you have. Your one spiritual family slowly becomes a neighborhood club. It has programs and activities that you you might attend, you might not. It's like everything in life. It is it, it starts to slow. It's, less, followed by a little less, and then all of a sudden you've lost something that was critical to you. And the wisdom teachers of the Proverbs are trying to say, don't let this be you, right? Catch it before it's too late, because God desires more for you, so I've got an activity to offer you, and I didn't even bring a bulletin up front with me. It's something you can take home and try on your own on the back of your bulletin. And you see a chart of sorts that looks like a spider web. All right, and on the chart, there are six critical areas of life. Now, I know that there are far more than six critical areas of life, but I selected just a few. You're more than welcome to swap them out for something that might feel more relevant to your life situation. So this week, I encourage you to spend some time thinking about each area. Spend some time thinking about your spiritual life, your marriage or romantic relationship, your your finances, your various other relationships, your hobbies, recreation, fun, as well as your Fitness and physical health. How happy are you with those areas in your life? How are they doing? And after you've given each area some thought, rate yourself on a scale of one to five. Now it feels like homework, but my kids went back to school this week, so we can do this. A one being that area of my life needs some attention. Right? I've let that area in life go unattended for just a little too long. And a five being, I could not be more satisfied with that area in my life. I work hard at it. I continue to invest in it. And it's paying off. For each of those six areas, put a, a dot or an X right on the chart to represent the rating you gave yourself. And then you can even connect all the dots. It's just a visual It's not about perfection. This exercise is not designated, designed to to beat yourself up, as I'm sure there are going to be areas where all of you are thriving. This chart is simply a a visual tool to take a personal inventory, to to reflect on your life, whereas today's proverb suggests to, to wake up before the weeds overtake and the wall falls down. So take it with you. Spend some time and bring it back next week. The word of wisdom for the slug is wake up and smell the weeds. Take an inventory of your life because there might be some things slipping little by little. And if you don't take an honest look, you you might end up losing them. It might end up feeling like a thief came in the middle of the night, and the, the shock of losing something like that, it can be so painful. They can take twice as much work to heal from that loss than it would be to simply pull some weeds along life's way. A quick note to those who have lost those who know the pain of waking up to a vineyard in despair, there's hope, right? There's hope, my friend. Let's be honest. Your vineyard might not look exactly the same as it once did. The walls might need to be repaired stone by stone, but there's still hope, right? There's still a new harvest, new grapes. There's new love to be had, new joy to be experienced, hang in there. Not not all is lost. So next week, we're going to consider the ant. The slug is all about slow and steady decline. The ant is all about slow and steady progress. We'll pick up the same critical areas of life, we'll brush, brush shoulders with the same wisdom, teachers, and together we'll consider how the ant might encourage us to move forward with, with intention, with pace, and in community. Until then, blessings, my friends. Take a, a careful look at your vineyards this week. All right, check for weeds, check for cracks in the walls, and while doing so, care for yourself and for those around you. Know that we're in this together. You're not alone on life's journey. Amen.